Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in on this fine Tuesday, 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. Uh, we're here, though. No days off of the Pipe It Up podcast. Uh, we're dressed appropriately, Jack, are we not? We are. We are. Of we're playing the we part. Um, I may or may not Happy be. birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. What, how old are we now? <laughs> 300 years? Ooh. Um, not quite that. What, are, what What's the date? 1776? Isn't yeah. that the date? We're old. Well, I'm not. I'm not a math major, so yeah, whatever. Someone else can figure I'm that pa- out. I'm past my math days, but uh, yeah, <laughs> holiday, holiday pod, holiday theme. Talking about the Philly series today. Um, someone played pretty well in that series. Not going to name names, but uh, he'll be interviewed today, and uh, should be an interesting pod. So this is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. Uh, not in the home studio today, Jack. Virtual. I'm on the road. I think you're at home base, though. Oh, yeah. I'm at home, um, kind of getting back to this sort of virtual phase that we went through. Yeah. A bit. It feels weird. We're in a phase. We're in a phase. It feels weird, um, but, you know, duty calls. Got to celebrate the 4th of July. As we've talked about before, obviously, you know, People all over the country typically have plans for Fourth of July, but if you're a if you're a Michigander, you're always going up north. Oh, going. That's what everyone does. They drive up north in the state, go to all the cool lakes up there, mm-hmm. cabins, whatnot. Um, it's always good time. Growing out, family, yeah, uh, fireworks. You know what 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 more is there to ask for? I mean, if you're a dog, it's a terrible time. Yeah, it's a terrible my, time to be a dog. My dog but. is uh, my dog is running around around my feet and he's scared of the fireworks i guarantee you guys are going to hear some booms at some point in my microphone because people are shooting off fireworks up here yeah i'm in northern michigan um took the pot on the road didn't want to take a week off i'm tired it's been a long week i'm working and vacationing at the same time trying to multitask do a lot working on all-star jerseys right now um just a lot happening Ooh. and um but it's exciting you know i'm also really hot it's hot in here i'm gonna fog up these shades real quick but yeah Gonna be a good, fun pod. Pretty organic. Gonna talk Philly series, Jack. You watched the video already? Just dropped today. Oh yeah. T C. See you later. Four <laughs> times. Four. Bombs. I mean, can what you, do you can say? Can you believe it? I I can't believe it. I don't think we we need someone to pull up the stats. I don't know if I've hit four home runs in the last like three seasons, and you did it in one series. What What's the most home runs that someone's hit in a series in modern MLW? You MLW. know, unfortunately, Jack, there's going to, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because it is fair enough to say there is going to be an asterisk there because it was on the road. It wasn't at the Meadows, right? And while yeah, all my, like all my dingers, in no, the video, yes, I, some of it got cut out there, but all of them for sure had the distance at the Meadows, but that was a wide field. It was a full 90 degrees like baseball. So that played in my favor. My final home run game three would have been a foul ball hundred percent at the Meadows, if that makes sense. It was like just inside the I foul see what pole. you're saying. So that played in my favor a little bit. The ball was flying. It was a hot day. But I mean, yeah, dude, it's uh it's pretty crazy. I of course, you know, wanted to hit a homer or two in front of the crowd to give them something to, to be excited about. And like in Oklahoma, for example, last year we played there against the Gators. And I was like, oh, I'd love to hit one over the monster, you know. Like that was kind of yeah. the goal, which is selfish to say, like, I should want to win the games. And truly, um, in Philly, I wanted to win the games. I just wanted our team to get wins, and I wanted Robles to hit one out or me. But hitting one over that scoreboard was not a goal of mine. It really wasn't. I didn't really even consider it as a possibility. And you guys probably couldn't tell by my reaction. I played it pretty cool on the field. But as I was kind of trotting around the bases, I was kind of just like blank. Like, did I just do that? Like, <laughs> like, 
you hit the blackout phase. A, a little happens. bit. I was just like trotting. Yeah. I was like, wow, I, I hit it over the scoreboard. That's pretty cool. And just like thinking about like the fans that were there. And I knew my mom was there. It was funny how her shot ended up making it in the video. Um, the only yeah. pitch she recorded, by the way, for the entire night, lucky enough. How funny is that? That's but, awesome. But yeah, um, just kind of in shock. Like, well, like, okay, over the scoreboard. That was, that was kind of cool as I ran around the bases. So cool yeah, moment. To, but to do it once, you know, would be a feat in itself. And you ended up with four on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do you, what do you chalk that up to? Like, were you just ultra prepared for this Predators team, or were you kind of, you know, did you have a little bit extra Wheaties that morning? I mean, what was the difference for you? Um, it's hard for me to put an exact pin in it, Jack. To be honest, um, I kind of said in the outro, like, I feel blessed that it happened today out of all days, because against the Wildcats, yeah. I had nothing going um, at the Meadows. But uh, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. You know, I've been playing this game a long time. Of course, that doesn't hurt. Um, I did notice a little bit of a difference watching the video today of my swing actually looked pretty good. I've been very self-critical of my swing, which I mentioned on this pod before in a previous episode that it's not the most important thing in the world for your swing to look pretty in wiffle ball, right? You got to just get the bat on the ball to hit it over sometimes. But seeing some of those replays, my, my cuts didn't look too bad, Jack. I'll be honest. I was like, I looked very loose, if that makes sense. And funny enough, Davenport and I were practicing um, two days prior to the trip, and he was like, "He's like, you don't need to swing so hard. Like, loosen up a little bit and just take nice, easy cuts." And somehow, some way, that must have translated because it did. My swing looked really smooth. A couple of those side replays that I saw, I was pretty impressed with myself. I will yeah. say too, so much of it's mental, right, Jack? We talked about that all the time. How it's confidence and it's mental. So mm-hmm. I mentioned that practice I had with Davenport, just him and I playing one on one a couple of days prior to leaving, and. Um, you know, I was kind of struggling again, and I had been struggling playing one-on-one with him over the course of the last month, and it's been frustrating, but I've been trying to grind through it and just figure out what's been going on, because I just feel like I haven't been feeling confident. I'm swinging at balls. I'm looking at strikes all over the place type thing, and we were probably out there for a total of two hours, and near the end of our little practice session, I made a very, very small adjustment with my hands, kind of just keeping them inside the ball a little bit more and almost like changing the trajectory of my hands through the zone. Mm-hmm. And I made that adjustment and then hit one pretty square off of him. And I was like, just lob me a couple before we walk out of here. I just want to try this new little swing out before we go. And I was cranking the ball like that. So I don't know how big of a change that actually was in terms of my mechanics and how that affects everything. But the mental confidence of like, oh, I think I figured something out, I think played a huge role in my success there. Just the confidence I brought in from those final five minutes of practice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you definitely looked confident out there. It was almost even the the at bats that you had where you you know struck out or didn't get a hit you were approaching the at bat as if you were going to be able to hit anything is what it looked like in the video i mean especially after you hit two out in the first game it was like any of these have a chance of going out so i mean you were just absolutely tattooing the ball yeah i wish i could tell you guys exactly why i did so well once again i do practice a lot more than i think a lot of guys do in the league and a lot of the guys in the league probably have more time than I do free time wise. And I make time to do that because I do want to win these games and I do want to play well, especially that I've, you know, I've given so much of my life to this game and to this league. Like I want to do it a solid and be the best I can out there. So yeah, I'm just thankful that it translated that day. I suppose when, you know, my mom who didn't have to go out there drove eight hours to see the series because she wanted to support and, you know, on her own dime and stuff like that. So it was cool nonetheless. And it was yeah. cool seeing the fans react and, um, it could have been anybody for all I care, you know, as long as I always want the fans to see a good show. So the fact that I could do it, um, 
yeah good for me i guess you know like it's kind of shocking still watching it back it's surreal and i uh was talking to people after the series like dude you're on fire today what to put on a show blah 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 and i was like i know like i'm just as surprised as you are and like you get so wrapped up in the event and i'm excited and nervous to you know go to philly and to work with their staff and to put on a good show and people that were there can attest to this you know, up until the moment before the first pitch, Kyle and I were running around getting cameras in place and getting the shots we needed to. And there was someone there who ordered Alec Ward a merchandise and it got lost with USPS. So then I brought them an extra shirt and I was like, flag me down before the series and I'll throw you an extra shirt to put on because your shirt didn't arrive in time. So I was worried about so much other stuff, which made it even more shocking. You know what I mean? Just yeah. um, putting it all together. But, but I think we played loose. You know, it was the car ride there was fun and Matt and Davenport and I spent the whole night prior together in a hotel room just like giggling like we're, you know, teenage kids. <laughs> so it was just a fun trip and I think that translated to my game. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. I can't really say much else about it. You know, every dog has his day. I kept telling people that, you know, if a, a blind squirrel will find a nut every once in a while. That's kind of how I felt, but. Yeah, I mean, totally. But you, like you said, you've been working and it's always nice to kind of see the results sort of, um, show themselves right based on the work that you've been putting in so it's always nice to see that but mm-hmm. um i mean we can kind of go through game by game but before that i wanted to just sort of back up and and just ask you some questions about like the overall series in general and the venue and just the experience like what was that what was that like playing in a real mlb stadium you know that we, we've had some really cool series but that was the first time that we played in a real mlb stadium mm-hmm. like what was the atmosphere like um once again surreal just to see like the first moment i was kind of like wow this is really happening was when we were getting set up and i could look beyond the gate and i just saw the line of people waiting with their tickets to get in when the gates open like seeing that was a first you know even in toledo we didn't have that kind of thing it was like people stayed after the game to watch that so seeing people actually out there in line like it's a concert or a sporting event just for us was pretty cool and seeing people you know with like in the gate yelling into us was cool seeing the philly staff getting excited and just seeing all like the Phillies slash Major League Baseball like insignias all over the place was like a little bit validating, you know. And just so many years and hours have been put into this from Kyle, myself, and everybody. Everybody in the league from the players who have played in one game to players that have been playing for 10 years. Just so many moments that have culminated into doing an event like that. And it's still just a stepping stone as to where we're, wanting, we're trying to get to. But uh, just cool. I don't, I don't know how else to say yeah. it. It's just cool. So it was... It was in Citizens Bank, um, mm-hmm. and and we like I mentioned, you know, we've obviously done some videos at some pretty special venues, but this was like a specifically designed field for wiffle ball, um, which we we've played at a couple of those. But how does this field stack up against some of the other ones? You know, like last year with the uh, the little Wrigley and um, mm-hmm. little Fenway, like those types of stadiums. How do, how did this one kind of stack up in those against those in your mind? So the mini MLB series venues, the ones in Vermont, that's Little Fenway, Little Wrigley, Little Field of Dreams. Those are all pretty sweet because it's, you know, they're taken care of by a charity organization and it's grass. So like it really takes a lot of maintenance and they hand moved all that corn on the Little Field of Dreams for us to play with. So like the attention to detail in those is pretty cool. And they don't quite have, you know, the financial freedom probably of the Phillies organization, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's just cool to see that amount of detail given to something so niche by a small organization compared to the Phillies. That being said, though, I mean, the Phillies thing was top notch. The scoreboard specifically, I want to talk about just how cool it is, you know, having a live display 
it had our logos up there. Shout out to Cole, our graphic designer. He was like commenting about how cool it was to see his designs up on a scoreboard, you know, with all the Phillies logos and whatnot next to it. The padded wall is awesome. Um, Oklahoma and the Vermont fields don't have a padded wall. It's all just wood. So having a real like major league baseball type fence that's padded that you can jump into and not hurt yourself is pretty special. Full turf. Yep. Just the atmosphere of the fans surrounding the whole thing. The backdrop was nice. The backstop, the brick backstop was cool. So it was up there for me for sure. That's the cool thing about baseball, I think, is unlike a lot of other sports like football, for example, where every field is so standard. Baseball, even at the highest level, the pro level, each field has its own little quirks and things that are different about it. So uh, this one, I think what I liked most about it was probably just the scoreboard and how they had the Phillies logo on top of it, just like the real field does having our logos up there that was that was pretty cool for me we don't usually have a live scoreboard like that so yeah that is really cool about baseball how every stadium like is kind of yeah. unique they even they even have some domes you know um and and the dimensions are a little bit different so i agree that is pretty cool um one thing i just had to ask there were a lot of people sliding in this series mm-hmm. and but it was turf and so i was wondering if like you guys were just getting like bad turf burn or was it or was it not like that was it just smooth turf it's funny you ask that because when i slid into home the first time one of the phillies employees is like oh you're gonna feel that tomorrow man i was like what do you mean i know how to slide a lot of guys don't know how to slide jack and they slide right in their shin that's like not really what you're supposed to do i was more in my butt so i was fine but the reason a lot of guys were sliding was more because of a safety thing so i never usually slide at the meadows i never try to because it's just asking to get hurt in my opinion but with the home plays at home plate, I slid twice into home. The backstop is right there. Like I said, it's brick. So if I were to come full speed uh, sprint into home, I would have had to like break down in three or four steps and worry about hitting a shin into this brick wall or like going over into the crowd of people. So I just felt safer just to get down and slide. And because of my baseball background, I'm pretty comfortable sliding on turf like that where I know the surface is going to be okay and there's not going to be a rock going into my leg or whatever. So that's why I was sliding. To be honest, I probably would have slid into first base too if there was a close play. I would have went head first because of you saw Robles who was just jumping into the wall there um, to yeah. slow himself down. There's not a lot of room to work with. You know, that field wasn't really designed for our size of play and like real pro, pro players. It was more so designed just for kids' activities. So we had to right. adapt a little bit. It was just, we couldn't really go any smaller than that. That was just big enough for us to be able to do it safely and to not just have like a little dinky pop up be a home run. Like you still had to hit it a little bit, you know? No, totally. Um, it, it was really cool. I, it, it was funny how many people were sliding. So I, I figured there was some sort yeah, of mo- reason most of it was why, safety. It, why. Yeah. And it's fun to slide sense. on turf. Too. <laughs> in it, my is, it is. It is. I've just had some mean turf burn in my days. And it's funny that you said an employee said something to you because when I watched you slide in the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, like oh, he's dude. probably bleeding. I was everywhere. crisp. I was you money. obviously know how to slide. Apparently You're I, a pro. I just, uh, yeah, no issues. Not even a scrape. So I've been to Philadelphia a few times before, and I'm not really like a city guy. Um, yeah, me neither. I, I wouldn't describe myself as a city guy. I'm not a city boy. But, but, but you've obviously, you know, in life in general, but also through MLW, been able to travel to a lot of different cities. Um, I hope you guys, you know, I, I did see some content with you and Alec, I believe, running up the, uh, <laughs> the steps like like Rocky yes. did in, in in the famous movie, but. Um, so I hope you got to like experience a little bit of Philadelphia outside of, of Citizens Bank. Like, what did you think of the city? How did it compare to some of the other ones you've, you've visited? Yeah, we didn't get to spend a ton of time. You know, it'd be great if we had all the time in the world, but at this scale of the business, you know, it's 
me and Kyle are doing way more than we should be, so we don't have time to just go putz around the city for a day and waste it. So we pretty much drove all day Friday, got to Philly late Friday evening, had the whole entire event thing between our three games and the Phillies game that Saturday, and then Sunday we drove home. But Sunday morning we did spend time going to the Liberty Bell and the Centennial Bell, which is the one that's actually up there now, um, yep. and the Rocky Steps we did. Mr. Schultz really wanted to see that. He's the driving force there, and Mr. Schultz, I'm like, wherever you want to go, you can stop because you drove us. So we did the Rocky Steps. But compared to other cities, Jack, I really haven't, once again, I've traveled to a lot of places and been to a lot of airports, but I really haven't been able to like experience all these cities. I will say that... Uh, Did you get a cheesesteak at least? Of course. I couldn't go. I was hyping okay. up the cheesesteaks for months. As soon as our series was over, it was straight <laughs> to cheesesteaks for sure. Okay, good. I had Pat's King of Steaks cheesesteak, covered that baby in whiz. It was pretty good. It, it tasted a little bit better. Whiz, knowing, whiz. Knowing I hit four bombs, uh, it made it a little bit, little bit sweeter. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I wasn't going to Philly and not getting the cheesesteak. I, I had a cheesesteak too when I was there for the World Series in the fall. So yeah, that's a, that's a must. And uh, it was funny just me and Alec running up the rocky steps and then get back in the car and driving back home. But um, it's always, it's to, always fun to do. Yeah, compared to other cities, I will say that Philly seemed a lot of cars. So a lot of like big cities like <laughs> Chicago and New York, like it's mostly like people are walking in taxis and stuff like that. Philly, you can ask Russell. There was just cars lined on every single road in the middle of the streets. There's cars, cars everywhere. And mm. uh, besides that, I can't comment too much. I don't want to say anything that's incorrect because, like I said, I didn't really get to fully experience the city. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of cheesesteak spots. And uh, the the history of it, like seeing the Liberty Bell area, that was pretty cool. Rocky Steps were cool. There were some nice statues and stuff like that, whereas um, like our city of Detroit doesn't have many like really historic monuments like that you know east coast is where all like, right. the original american history was so that was cool but i can't really go into to depth into what i thought and like you said you're not a city guy i'm not a city guy either i, I consider myself a pretty suburban kid and i plan to stay yeah. that way so um yeah it was cool to see a new place nonetheless very cool sorry for kind of a weak answer there but just my no, no 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 that's that's all good um i guess let's just jump into the series kind of breaking it down so game one, um, you obviously have the two two bombs, two absolute dingers. Mm-hmm. Um, those were nice, and were Robles nice. Robles took care of business. I mean, that's that's Mallard's wiffle ball right there. Hit a couple bombs, have Robles take care of business. But um, game two was was might have been one of the most exciting games to watch on YouTube, like that we've had this year. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, it was like an absolute hit parade. It really was. Um. So I, I wanted to ask a few questions um, because I've we've talked about before how much work you know you've done with Brendan and how much he's done on his own. Um, I know this was kind of like you know a good opportunity for him. Uh, it's kind of like one man's you know when one man is absent and Caden Irwin, another man gets an opportunity, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, but but obviously couldn't get the job done in game two. So I, I just wanted to know what your like honest thoughts were in terms of his performance because I feel like he he had some good stuff out there like it was moving um you know I feel like he was locating like pretty well I think the Preds just like kind of came alive it was it was almost like all their hits that they didn't get against the Magic they just decided to like use that superpower card in game two <laughs> but I, I wanted to get your feedback on that yeah overall I was uh I wasn't disappointed in Davenport's outing I know the scoreboard looked pretty ugly. We did not help him out at all in the field. Our defense on the Mallards has been very sloppy this year, unfortunately. We threw away a couple balls, a couple grounders that could have been made. In the third inning specifically, I was really beating myself up because Davenport was giving it his all out there. 
And, uh, you know, Matt and I were talking like, oh, should we just put you in, Matt, in this third inning and give you some reps or should we let Davenport finish? And Matt and Jordan really wanted Matt to go in. And I was like, two innings just isn't enough for Davenport. Like, I really need to give this kid a real shot. Like, let, let me put him out there and see what he can do in this third inning. Let's see what this kid's really made out of. And he gets those two strikeouts to start the inning. So we have two outs, nobody on. Then he walks a guy, I think. And there's a ground ball right back to him. And me being dumb and not locked in, I'm playing first base and I start to run towards second and I'm not covering the bag. That would have got him out of the third inning scoreless. And that would have been so huge for his confidence. And it would have kept the game at nine, six going into the third for our at bats. I don't yeah. cover the bag. He ends up then getting wild and walking guys. Like he walked in two runs or up a hit. So I was bummed out. You know, we really didn't help the kid out at all. And I can't be too mad at his performance. You know, it's a foreign environment crowd watching. He hasn't pitched this entire season. Um, was he a little bit wild? Yeah. His pitches were definitely moving. He got some strikeouts when he needed to. And overall, yes, there's still a long way to go for him, but I wasn't super upset. You know, there's only so much you can yeah. do. Reps are going to help. And for him to go out there and to grind it out and to get out of that last inning, despite it being sort of ugly, um, I was I was proud of his efforts. And uh, I wish we could have made some more plays for him. I texted him right afterwards. I was like, dude, we did not help you out at all. So that can help you so much as a pitcher when your team's making plays behind you. It gives you so much more confidence. So I felt I felt genuinely bad. And uh, we got to be better defensively for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're when you're locking it down defensively, it makes a world of a difference for sure. To a pitcher, every out's so big. Um, in a three inning game. I, I thought it was an interesting an interesting play for the Predators to to insert Cratch there for for the save or the close mm-hmm. whatever the the terminology is there. I guess it was a hold. I, um, think. I think the proper term is a hold. hold. I, I think it depends okay. on how many runs you're up. I think that all, was a all hold. the baseball heads out there are just yeah. cringing right well, now. Let us yeah. know in the comments. Was it a save? Was it a hold? I'm pretty sure it was a hold. Let us know. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting move because. Uh, it really like it really showed how much the Predators' backs were against the wall. Like that, that was like they all were in agreement that they needed that yeah. win and were not going to sacrifice that win for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, including you know potentially losing Game Three because they knew McGlade was going to have to go in yep. and pitch another inning per the rules. Um, were you kind of ex- were you expecting that at all, or was that kind of like a shock when they put him in there? To be honest, it was kind of a shock, um, but in a great way. What, like in hindsight, what a move! Like that was kind of genius, yeah. in my opinion. Because truthfully speaking, and I know hindsight's twenty twenty, and if McGlade does shut the door there, it's like, oh yeah, like whatever. But I do think we were going to win that game if he stays in. I was seeing him well. So was Jordan. Matt was seeing the ball well. I think we would have came back and rallied and won that game in the bottom of the third. So that was a that was a bold move by Ryan putting himself in, and like you said, they needed that win, and he knew that. So for him to go in there and strike out two in a row to finish the game off was, was kind of cool, honestly. We don't see it too often in MLW. And when they did it, I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. They're going to burn an inning for Ryan. And for him to close the door and get the win, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm surprised we don't see it more often in MLW. I think a lot of times we see it too late in the game. Like the Cobras kind of scared me there when Bian was giving up runs and then finally Baron came in. But I think they yep. made the move at the exact right time. And uh, Ryan shut the door, so props to him. And that was a much-needed win for the Preds, so i got to tip my cap. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty, it was a confident play. You know what I mean? To like put himself in there in that situation and, and know that he needed two strikeouts and go out there and get it for the win. I mean, that, that was, I thought it was a, a, a great move and um, they did need that win. I mean, if the Predators get swept in that series, they, they their chance at the playoffs are pretty much done. I would I would imagine they're they're almost a race. So yeah, they needed to get at least one dub in the series. Um, and I I kind of agree with you. It, like you guys were coming around. Um, you guys were all seeing McGlade really really well. So it was like almost only a matter of time. Um, so I I also agree with the move. And I I'm interested. Get, to I got to get props to McGlade though. McGlade had a big strikeout against me. Him and I battled. Yeah, bat where yeah. Um, Kyle showed like the captions of the crowd chanting um, my name, which was also another yeah. moment. But uh, yeah, so all the odds were against McGlade there kind of. And, you know, it's him out there and people chanting my name. I'm sure that doesn't feel too great as a pitcher. And uh, we battled. It was a long AB. I fouled off a couple with a full count and he ended up striking me out. So once again, I'll tip my cap to him. That was a pretty big strikeout. Yeah. How big was it? Uh or how cool is it to see Matt Carlington too get his first home run? Had a nice play in the field as well. I mean, love to see the Mallards' depth, you know, being built. Right? Hey, what I tell you guys, we were in that hotel room right in Illinois, and I was like, Matt is not a waste of a pick at number eight. I told you guys he can be a good bat, and honestly speaking, he may be our third best hitter right now. He's seeing the ball really well. Um, he has good at bats. His swing is beautiful, in my opinion, much better than mine. And he had two hard hit balls that game. And mm-hmm. uh, he struck out a couple times in the third game, which was a bummer. But Matt's actually pretty solid. If he were an everyday player, I think he could be pretty good. So we might see him start to play more and more here throughout the rest of the season when it comes to crunch time. So, yeah, I was happy for him. You know, we had a good time together in the bus. And, of course, I was happy to be the guy that was putting up the, you know, the cool day for the fans and the one that was producing. But I was yeah. just as happy, if not happier, to see Matt drill one and bat flip and get the trot the bases and experience that too. Because that's just cool. You know, Matt came to so many of our events last year and even helped out not being a part of the league, not even people knowing his name, but still doing his part behind the scenes as a friend of all the Livonia guys like Norp and Sailor. So for him to go out there and suit up for us and Jimmy's like, you're not going to play Matt. You know, why would you draft Matt? Blah, blah, blah. And for him to go out there and hit a home run in front of the crowd. Good for you, Matt. That was awesome. The bat, the bat flip was, was totally class. There's, a, Matt. there's an was, absolutely gnarly picture of him flipping that bat too. I'm gonna pop yeah. it up right now. Can I talk about the photographer real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, this kid absolutely killed it. Peter, I think his... I'll pop up his at too right now. It's like PMH Photography or something like that. We got some emails for the Philly series for people that wanted to take some pictures. And if you're listening to this and you're in St. Louis and you're a photographer, hit me up. But got some emails like, hey, I would love to come out and shoot for you guys for the Philadelphia series. Like two or three came through and I saw them, looked through and I was like, "Uh, it seems like this guy's a little bit too inexperienced. Like I need to see some more. So I just ignored them. Well, then his email came through and he had a lot of pictures of like the Temple University football team and baseball team. They're looking pretty money. So I call this guy, Peter. He's a college student. And I was like, if you're interested, like I would love to have you out there to, to help us out with photo and video, you know, mostly photo focused, but a little bit of video too. And so we hopped on the phone. I kind of told him what I wanted. And I was like, I still want you to have the creative freedom to do what you want. But dude, he wouldn't take any money, totally volunteered. And he made that video so much better. I'm sure you guys saw some of the professional shots of both photo and video that were sprinkled in throughout. Elevated the video so much and he got that footage and video out or footage and photos to us like immediately after the series was over and 
just awesome. Awesome to see if MLW fan come out and do his part. And once again, just support our, support our brand. So shout out to him. If you guys are in Philadelphia for whatever reason, I know there's some wiffle ball players out there that might be hearing this and you need a guy for photo video, hit him up. Cause he did a great job and it just means a lot to me when people volunteer like that and put their, put their best effort into it. And I'm really proud of it too. That's awesome, man. Shout out to Peter. You said it was. Yeah. Peter. Shout out Peter. That's awesome. There, there is, there is nothing like a great sports picture. Like there like is that picture so of much, Preston Robin the home run. Yeah, like the that was like sick. the the action, the action, the emotion, like the amount of emotion that's displayed in sports that you don't even like realize it when you're doing it. All the players, you know, and being able to capture that is just so cool. Um, and 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 I I know what you're talking about with some of the the photos that were inserted and those totally totally agree with you elevated the video major so Mm -hmm. um very good shout out thank you peter again that's awesome just little things like that they go a long way and um i'm happy i saw his email and decided to pursue it absolutely um so moving on to moving on to game three uh another bomb another bomb barely kept what do you say barely kept barely it fair kept it fair that one i was yeah. surprised it got over i was looking at it and i was like get out daniel made a comment he was laughing he's like tom you're talking to that ball like it wasn't going to go over it was a bomb and i was like i knew it had the distance dan i thought it was gonna be foul it was just inside <laughs> the foul pole so i had kind of a little like corny bat flip there but i was just hyped to like put us on the board there and hit another one and uh it was funny because after i hit that one then i think i was standing on the sidelines there where we were all kind of hanging out like just beyond first base I was talking to Matt and I was like, God, I have three home runs today. This is crazy. Like, dude, you got four. I was like, four? I was like, I do have four. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the second one in game one. I That's did. Probably what I it did. Was. Yeah, the little flare. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare to hit two in one game and let alone four in a series. Gosh, four in a series a is very rare. Yeah. Um, but you guys, I think, what, what was the final score of game three? Was it 3 0? It was. Final score of game three was four to two because I had a three run shot after we were already up one nothing and then Russell put one over and right side. Oh, that's right. Russell just Russell just continuing his streak of showing out in in special special event series. Um, I was mic'd up for that I mean, too. Good, great job, Brennan. Incredible. And he also got robbed in was that that was in game one, right? Preston with a, with an incredible yeah. highway robbery of a home run, yeah, um, that Russell had, yeah, Preston has a lot of potential. Good athlete, I like him out there in the field. Um, but yeah, I, I was telling guys afterwards because everyone's worried about the home runs and us like juicing stats because of the small field. The only home run I think that wouldn't have got out at the Meadows would have been Russell's that Preston robbed. I'm pretty sure every home run that actually ended up being a home run. All would have been gone at the Meadows, except for the one that I said in game three would have been foul that I hit. I think everything else right. would have been also gone at the Meadows. It wasn't like that much smaller. Yes, it was shorter, and every foot counts in wiffle ball, but those balls were all stroked pretty good that went over the fence. Matt hit his hard. Jordan did. Russell's was gone by a fair margin. So, Hey, is what it is. You got to... You got to play in your environment, adapt to it, and uh, and overcome. So Absolutely. It is what it is. Um, but you guys obviously end up wrapping up the series there. Two to one. You guys move to four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, second in a pretty chaotic NL, yeah. I will say. Kind of a bloodbath. Um, kind of a bloodbath so far. What do you What do you kind of take away from this series, you know, as the Mallards manager um, going forward into the kind of second half of the season here? Um, I think I take away a lot of what I already knew was true, which is the mental aspect of the game. 
you know, our, our, our mental in the Wildcat series after the first game loss was just so bad, and it's unacceptable, and it cannot happen, especially as games get more and more important throughout the season. And I felt like we were all in good spirits coming into the series, and because we started to play good, everyone was pretty loose. You know, Jordan hitting that home run off the scoreboard to start the day off was a great note for him, and it carried into his performance on the mound, I think. And his mom was there, too. They made the trip. So I think just keeping the positive energy, having fun playing the game, that's what I kind of learned out there and confirmed what I already knew was true. You know, I was happy that my players all experienced that too and saw that. And I felt like it really felt like a, uh, a classic MLW series of like the, the glory days of, you know, I, I tried to get everybody sort of equal playing time. I wanted everybody out there to experience that who made the trip. Cause you know, um, I'm pretty yeah. sure Davenport missed out on a little trip there. And Matt Carlington's travel team that he coaches was in Kentucky for a tournament. He decided to skip that and come to the Philly series. Preston skipped a baseball tournament. So like, Everyone set made sacrifices to be there, and I wanted everybody to have a chance to go out there and play and to experience that environment and how cool that was. Because like I said, everybody in this league has played a part in getting it to where it is. So just having fun playing the game, yeah. man, I think that's so important, and it'll translate to playing well because that's how it is. When you're out there and you're 13, 14 on a summer day, no school, and you're playing with a ball all day, that's what you're doing. You're just having fun. Who cares who wins and loses? And we're competitive. We want to win, and we do practice and put in the efforts to win games, but just not going to happen when you're taking things too serious when you're so in your head about, oh, if I'm going to screw up this and this and that. So um, just yep. playing loose, I'm going to keep trying to con- encourage my guys to do that and keep in my head of, yeah, you know, don't overswing. Just play loose, have fun. You know, always imagine that there's little kids behind you watching and cheering you on because it's just, that's what it's all about. So you you obviously, like you mentioned, you know, wanted to get guys the opportunity to get in there who made sacrifices and uh, still kind of early in the season. So just in general, trying to get guys reps. Yeah, I'm doing, you know, I think most managers are kind of doing a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine, you know, the majority of us into this sort of, uh, you know, into the second half of the season here would probably start to solidify like more of a, of a consistent four man lineup. Um, Yeah. Was this series, are you going to make any decisions based on this series or do you kind of know who you think you're going to take to be your your guys's four into into you know hopefully the playoffs um I think you know so I have six guys right now including Caden who wasn't at the Philly series I kind of have a pretty good sense of what everyone brings to the table I think everyone on my squad has different talents in different areas so yeah I learned a little bit out in Philly you know seeing Davenport play and seeing Colm get a lot of at-bats and seeing Carlington out there playing so I definitely learned a lot, something I'll consider moving forward, but um, I would still love for people to still get playing time if I can. You know, there's always situations where it, it can't happen, but uh, yeah. everyone's playing their role, you know, and we still have a long way to go. We're under 500 at the break, which is disappointing. It was great to win in Philly, but four and five is not where I thought we'd be. We've already we've already uh, passed our loss total from last year. Last year, we were 11 and four, so yep. a lot of work to do still, but I'm just glad we all bounced back out there and... Um, you know, I'll keep doing my job as a manager. Sometimes it's tough, but uh, we're here to win. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, again, Tommy, congratulations on on first of all the Mallards, you know, series win. That's what's most important. Um, second off, you know, your incredible day. Uh, I don't pick sides on this podcast, but I do have a little bit of bias towards my boy TC three, and uh, it was good to see you. You know, have such a great day there. Um, Thanks, Jack. I appreciate I, that. I, I did want to, uh, I did want to move into the comment of the week here. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this one was was pretty funny. I was scrolling <laughs> through the comments. Oh and boy, this one made me this one made me chuckle. But uh, 
Cause, cause we were talking about what, what a great video and, and production it was, you know, especially with the additions from Peter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so this is the comment I bag on you guys a lot, but it's clear that you love this stuff and put a lot of time and effort into the league and the YouTube videos. The commentary and play by play are all solid and the camera work is decent enough and it's entertaining <laughs> and enough. obviously growing <laughs> and it's entertaining and obviously growing. So dot, dot, dot. Congrats. Hope someone thanks. is close to making a living at doing this. Oh, well, thanks. Whoever so, said that. <laughs> that that is the goal. It's that kind is of the goal insulting, here. but I mean, it sounds yeah. like a compliment, so I'll take it. Right? It, it's like the most backhanded <laughs> compliment you could have. Backhanded um, congrats. But yeah, but we'll we'll take it. Um, I think my favorite part is the the camera work is decent enough. I I yeah, that come just, on, that, that camera made me work chuckle. was great. It that was camera hard, work was awesome. We didn't have a lot of freedom. Like there was not a lot of room back there for us to get the shot. Unfortunately, with how the field was set up, you know, we can't control that. So, like for example. That shot of my mom's phone made it into the video, which was hilarious. Yes. But uh, like, it was lucky she was rolling. Like that was the only yeah. footage that captured kind of the entire flight of that home run and caught it to the end. So it was funny enough that she was recording there. So yeah, we did our best. You know, Peter did a great job. Even shout out to Dirty Dan. I thought Dirty Dan had some great shots from up top on that balcony that the Phillies were nice enough to give us access to. So I appreciate the compliment about the production. Um, a lot of parents and kids, I think, saw it and were surprised. Like. So people are coming up to Kyle and I and like, wow, I see like how hard you guys are working because it is hard, you know, still have a long way to go. We're still relatively small in this game and putting the building blocks down. So yeah, it does come down to, you know, way more work than you would think for just a couple people and even the MLW guys getting involved. You know, we're asking for help from players all the time. And uh, so I, I actually appreciate it. You know, the kids love the sport, right? They love the game. They love meeting us. But I really, one of my favorite parts of the in-person events is just like socializing with some of the parents afterwards that brought their kids yep. out and just like getting their stamp of approval. I think that's always pretty cool for me. Like there was a guy there. I'll give him a shout out. I forget his name, unfortunately right now, but um, he was from Bucknell university and he's a professor in engineering. And uh, he talked to me after the game and was like interested in about my engineering background and like how I left my job. And he's like, I'd love for you to speak at one of my, like be a guest speaker at one of my lectures in the fall. Stuff like that means a lot to me, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure, it's always it's always good to. I don't remember the to, question, uh, but <laughs> sorry, that was my rant. No, it, it was it was from the comment. I was going to oh, yeah, say it's always it's always good to uh, get feedback, even if you, even if you're kind of um, backing into it positively. Oh, I'll take but, I'll take uh, even criticism. You know, we always want to get well, better too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You got to take the pros with the cons. So, yeah, um, there's still a lot to improve on. Even watching the video today, I, I see things and I'm like, oh, we like. I made notes right away of like things that could have been better that we're going to improve on in St. Louis. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, things like that, it never goes perfect and that's okay. You know, gotta just keep doing yeah, better. So, so speaking of which, uh, speaking of which the magic finally, yeah, we were due, we were due folks for a special series. We were you due it this year. We've been knocking at the door. And we <laughs> earned it. We got it. Um, we got it. So we will be taking on the Cobras in St. Louis on, I believe it is July 28th. Did I nail that Tommy? We'll be traveling on the 28th, playing on the 29th. Playing on the 29th. I almost had it. Almost. Um, so mark your calendars. You guys will see, you know, all the all the plugs and all the content for that tickets, on Instagram in terms of the tickets. Tickets on sale this Thursday, July 6th, 7 p.m. All right, fellas. You heard it. You better get them fast. Um, get them fast. This Philly one fast. sold out. This It sold this, out, and it sold out pretty quick, didn't it? This Phillies one, yeah. So essentially, we ended up overselling the event, too, out of our control, but something went wrong on the Phillies end, and they accommodated like an 
extra people. I still think, candidly speaking, we could have got even more in there too, so I'd love to increase that event in the future if we go back. But yeah, the Grizzlies are ready. We gave them, um, I gave them the rundown of the Philly thing and how that thing sold out in two minutes, and so we're ready to, accompliment, we're ready to uh, accommodate several hundred people. So run up the link, guys. The more we sell, they're going to try to even accommodate more and more. So we could blow this thing up huge, and I'm going to really take the preparation seriously. And like I said, I learned a lot from Philly, and I'm trying to prepare for that right now. So, yeah, this is going to be special, guys. And RJ, the young kid, the rookie on the big stage, Grant, the rookie on the big stage, Jack, you're overdue for this, Bonham, everyone's excited, you know, <laughs> the Cobras. So this is going to be a fun one. And uh, all three games on the field, one under the lights. So it should be a lot of fun. It's always fun playing the Cobras, man. Always a battle. I'm looking forward to doing it in a in a very special venue. I'm I've I've had this this date marked on my calendar for a while, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it personally. Yeah, the cool thing here is, you know, it's awesome to do it with the MLB teams too. The Phillies were great, you know, they really cooperated with us and helped us out a lot, especially as the event grew nearer and nearer. But these small market teams, you know, this team, the Grizzlies are in the Frontier League, an independent baseball league. So us coming down is like really a stamp on their calendar. So they are really excited for us and really like taking my feedback and input and we're collaborating on making this just as cool as yeah. possible from the actual gameplay for us and the crowd viewing experience to getting a scoreboard involved and a microphone involved and integrating some wiffle ball aspects into the Grizzlies game, you know, promotions on the field. So everything's going to be done, hopefully the best I can. Kyle and I are going to do what we can to make it really special for all those that come out. So I know we got a pretty strong fan base in St. Louis. Um, there's a lot of wiffle ball leagues out there. Shout out to a couple of them. The Skibby Wiffle Ball League, Mo Wiff, the NWA. There's more. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Right on, right on. Well, um, I think this has been a good pod, Tom. Fireworks. I told you guys pod. we'd get them eventually. Oh. Bam. Couple booms. Not as many as I thought uh, we'd what's get. Your, what's your favorite t- firework, Tom? Oh, uh, the one. I like a couple different ones, Jack. I like the one, first of all, it's like an umbrella. So it goes off and it like comes down real slow, but it like stays yeah, lit as like, it falls. It's, it's like a weeping willow. Yes, okay. Almost. I don't know what the, the term tree. is. Yes, Those are that's great. That's my favorite. I also like the ones that are like, it sounds like you're eating a, a Rice crispy, where it's like a, it crackles after it goes off yeah. a little bit. Those mm-hmm. are cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Also just a big firework. It doesn't need to be that loud, but just like a big grand one in the sky. I'm not a big fan of like the small little flash yeah. loud ones, but a nice big grand firework is always beautiful too. Just just a big boom that you feel in your chest. Yeah. What one thing I will say to to all you listeners out there is if you if you are dabbling with your own fireworks, please please take the proper precaution. They are very dangerous. Um actually certain ones are illegal in some states. So yes. please be careful. Um, you would be surprised how many people have been injured by fireworks, oh, uh, including professional athletes have have blown their own fingers off from fireworks. So um, please take precaution if you're using them. A good sparkler, a good sparkler. You know, yeah, that's, just that's pretty safe. At, at worst, you're gonna do the, you're gonna burn your finger a little. Do bit. the Disney Channel thing, yeah. so you can do the best Disney Channel. Write your name in the sky. Yeah, have a hot dog. Call it a day. Have a hot dog over the campfire, a s'more and dog combo. Oh God, you cannot beat it, man! You cannot beat it. <laughs> oh man, well, but I'm excited. Tom, uh, a, a, a lot of work to be done for sure, but it is good. Change of scenery for the weekend, and uh, yeah, had to take the pod on the road. Can never skip a pod for you guys. My parents are like just don't do the pod. Blah blah blah. I'm like, you guys, you guys don't get it, man. How do you think we got you this far? You don't get it. The grind don't stop. It doesn't. Um, so what's the plan for tomorrow? You guys got some water sports or something? 
well, Jack, like I said, I'm juggling a lot here. Um, I have no business mm-hmm. taking a, vac- a vacation right now in air quotes because there's too much to do. And our the guy, we have an all-star game a week from now. And the guy who usually does our shirts texted Kyle on like Tuesday and was like, I can't do the shirts this year. My apologies. So then Kyle's like, figure this out. And I was like, okay. So my cousin happens to do screen printing too. And I was like, I hate to ask this because you're pregnant. It's 4th of July. But I was like, I need some help. And can we do this up north and get these shirts done? So we're going to screen print tomorrow morning before my friends get here, make 18 all-star jerseys. And then I got to edit this podcast sometime before Tuesday. I got to do probably two short form clips all while trying to have fun and fish and do some water sports and enjoy time with family, which I don't do enough of in the summer. So I might get less sleep than I should on this vacation again, in air quotes, but the plan is just to soak it in Jack. Just enjoy the craziness of life. I guess try to enjoy it. Well, I, uh, I commend your, your hustle. I commend your hustle, Tom. And I hope that you do get a little bit of an opportunity to fish and you catch a big one out there because they're lurking. They're lurking. I know the shirts the, I already had too much work to do on this trip. And now the shirts are throwing me for a loop, but uh, you got to do what you got to do. Like I said, this, this MLW train's got a long way to go still before I can kick back and enjoy the view. So, um, yeah, we're, we're just going, I'm, I'm all in guys. This is, this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it man. has to work. Well, I think, uh, I think this is probably a good wrap then. So you can get some sleep tonight, Tom. Yeah, it is. It is eleven thirty at night. Now that's that should tell uh, you exactly what we're doing right yeah. now. Podcast at ten thirty yeah. p.m. on a Friday night on a holiday weekend. That's how. But Jack, I got yeah. I got to commend you too. You've been this is you've been a trooper at doing this with me at this time. So, hey man, whatever we do, whatever we got to do to make it work, we, we we promised them delivery pod delivery on Tuesday mornings. You guys will get a podcast on Tuesday morning. That's just how an will, agreement works. You guys will get a podcast we, at four p.m. on Fourth of July. If it kills me, We've, I will get we it make, out. <laughs> we make a virtual handshake every week with all you listeners. We do we make a virtual handshake. And, uh, and if you don't have your word, what do you have, Tom? You have absolutely nothing if you don't have your word. You don't. And I mean, these big YouTubers that are rich, yeah, they take a week off because they're burnt out. Well, you got millions of dollars in the bank. It's not the big of a deal yeah. to you. But when I do that, I feel guilty. It's like, what am I doing? I haven't even made it yet, you know? You haven't, you haven't, you haven't even begun. I haven't even really begun. So, uh, yeah, the train onward. We move guys subscribe, tell your friends. Like, I, I want to say Jack, subscribe. before we do wrap, I want to say thank you to everyone that came out. Like the fact that we did sell that out and the turnout was great and the fans were enthusiastic and all that stuff was pretty cool. And just seeing the feedback from the kids and everything was uh, pretty special. So I know I'm sitting here like, yeah. Oh, we haven't made it. And I got so much work to do, but I do realize like when I'm standing out there in the outfield and hearing people chant and people saying my name while I'm hitting and I realize it's pretty awesome. And, um, yeah, you know, there's a reason that we've gotten there and there's still a long way to go. And one day we're going to sell out an even bigger venue, 10 times the size. So can't wait, man. Absolutely. This is, uh, this has been a fun podcast, Tom. Appreciate you coming on. Um, happy birthday, America. Shout out to all the Phillies fans or all the fans that came out to Philly. Um, Alec Warda used to be a fireworks salesman, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh, 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 oh,